Wait a minute, am I in a book club now? <gasps> Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you can call him Chip, and we are still not watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> we're, we're still in Rohan land for just a tiny bit more, because mm-hmm. this time... <laughs> Rohan land has a bit of a French flavor this week. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, well, we, we already finished the four adapted anime episodes of the spoke kishibe rohan we have like within the same realm as that series uh we have the one-off story rohan at the louvre Mm -hmm, made mm -hmm. by commission for the louvre and uh uh, i uh, yeah Mm -hmm. i'm i got a book in my lap i paid money for this show patreon.com slash ship and ironicus but uh (laughs) it's a nice book it's a good, it's a good book. I'm, I am enjoying having this handsome hardback on my shelf. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about how this came to be uh, before we, we get right into it. Like you said, it was commissioned by the Louvre in 2009 or, or for a 2009 uh, exhibition called The Louvre Invites the Comics. <laughs> yep. I'm sure the name sounds much more impressive in the original French, but yeah. <laughs> The, the idea here was that five uh, uh, cartoonists, five, you know, comic artists uh, were invited and commissioned to produce original works that were set in and around and about the Louvre Museum. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Araki, who, you know, <laughs> is the reason we're here today, and four <laughs> French language cartoonists, uh, some French, some Belgian, but all working, but all in the French language space. Yeah. Uh, they, they all exhibited some number of pages from their works in progress. Uh, uh, Araki had three pages uh, for his part. It's the, the wraparound cover and the two pages right at the beginning where uh, Rohan is introducing himself mm. to the reader. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious because like, th- this book itself also lists the, the other comics that were, that were made for, for this. Mm-hmm. And I am very curious what those stories are like. <laughs> Because, right? yeah, like I just want to know how people like the Louvre felt when it's like make a story in and about and around the Louvre, and Iraqi goes, "Okay, lots of people are gonna die in the Louvre, including Louvre employees." <laughs> <laughs> Fictionalized, of course, but still, I'm curious. Like, if I I track these down, I'm, I'd be very interested because just like looking up these uh, other four guys and examples of their work, it's. It's incredible. Like they yeah. they picked some heavy hitters to to uh, uh, for this exhibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the book was uh, completed and published in its entirety beginning in 2010, where the story seems to be set. It might be like 2011 or so. Mm-hmm. If if you like do a lot of math with uh, uh, <laughs> numbers that that show up in in the background. Yeah. Uh, which means that this was being written in parallel with, like, latter portions of Part 7. Yep. And I guess it makes sense that Araki got chosen for this just because uh, French people like manga. They like they like anime a lot, mm-hmm, it turns mm-hmm. out. If anything, I'm surprised there's only one, you know? Yeah, yeah. And also no, uh, uh, no one working in English or Italian or, uh, I mean, there's some incredible Spanish language cartoonists mm-hmm. from both Spain and Latin America. Yeah. I mean, just jumping into the book here. Uh, I really like that first, the very first page, just that, that mm-hmm, full mm-hmm. page illustration of Rohan. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> He's hanging out in <laughs> inside the, uh, the the glass pyramid at the Louvre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get down from there. Just standing on tension wires and posing. <laughs> Get down. And I know it's the stars, you know, outside, but they're positioned in a way where it looks like Rohan could just be sparkling in, in the pyramid. He's a sparkly boy. He's a sparkly boy. <laughs> he climbed up there, posed on tension mm-hmm. wires, and sparkled. So so immediately after that are, you know, the, the two-page spread that, like I say, was part of the exhibition. These pages were hung on the walls of the Louvre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rohan is just introducing himself, the, the meaning of the characters in his name. Uh, and, like, we get a demonstration of Heaven's Door a little bit. Yep. And then he just asks everybody if we've ever seen the blackest black can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On... Um- just a pure black page with a small black square in it being highlighted just by like an aura of light around it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and to answer that question, he has to tell us a story that happened to him that began 10 years ago when he was but a 17 year old boy. Yep. 
uh, and he says, hey, just as a warning, the, the story I'm about to tell you, uh, over the course of it, four people disappeared. Uh, a <laughs> Japanese woman, a translator who's a translator into French, and two firemen, and an official from the Far East section of the Louvre's Asian Arts Department. But yeah, when, when Rohan was just 17, his grandma, his maternal grandmother, owned an inn in, in Moriocho. She basically ran it as a boarding house with incredibly strict rules, so yeah. it was always empty. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a lot. You couldn't smoke. You couldn't have an animal, which, like, f- those first two, okay, sure, fine. You couldn't uh, use a hair dryer. <laughs> no hair dryers. You could not cook. You could not play any sort of instrument or mahjong, and you couldn't bring any furniture, uh, and no motorcycles. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff based on sound, I guess, but still no fucking cooking? So 17-year-old Rohan likes hanging out at this uh, uh, very old-fashioned, very traditional-looking Japanese building with lots of empty space and, and solace, Yep. Uh, just hanging out with Grandma as he, he works on a draft for a, a young mangaka competition. He's trying to break into the industry by, by entering into, like, talent scout competition. He's doing spec work. Rohan, yep. Rohan, come on. Rohan. He's only 17. Although, I mean, I, I don't know the, the terms of this competition. Maybe he gets, he still like retains ownership at the sure. end. I would hope so. Yeah. But yeah, even back when Rohan was 17, you, you see him arriving. Gotta say his fashion has not changed much since his late <laughs> teens. <laughs> Same hair. He's still wearing that, that zigzaggy green hairband thing. But yeah, as he is, he's arriving back at the inn. He he hears his grandmother welcoming another tenant, a new tenant, and it's it's this beautiful woman. It's this this beautiful young woman, uh, Nanase Fu- uh, Fujikara, a, a young divorcee. Ooh. Ooh, and Rohan is immediately struck by her. It is uh, he is enamored. Uh, <laughs> as as they pass by one another, and wouldn't you know it. Grandma's so old-fashioned; she doesn't label the bathrooms men and women. Yes, they're they're based on like old Japanese haircuts instead. So, so Rohan accidentally peeps on this lady getting undressed for the bath. Yeah, as Mario said back in our recap episode for part four, Rohan at the Louvre is probably the horniest JoJo's ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, it's still really reserved. <laughs> yes. Now it's just like, well, this woman was just in her underwear and you saw a bit of a butt. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so, yeah, she's on his mind. Uh, he overhears her name from grandma telling him, like, hey, hey, don't mess with that lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he's he's doodling in his sketch pad working on this and, like... I had this weird moment where Rohan is drawing birds, and I'm like, damn, he's really good at drawing some birds. Those look just like the real birds in the sky. Wait a minute. That's a drawing of a bird. What the fuck? <laughs> Everything's drawings in this. It's a drawing. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just outside drawing these birds flying about. I just want to mention that the, this book is in color, and I really mm-hmm. like the color palettes in this. Yeah, yeah. Like there there is a clear like th- this flashback story 17-year-old times is all in like earth tones and shit. Like Yeah, every everything there's just a slight earthy tone, like yellow tone to a lot of stuff. It's actual sepia. Yeah. <laughs> in, in in flashback times. Yeah. But as Rohan is drawing these birds, he looks back up at them. And uh, on the roof of the inn, uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of drying racks there to dry clothes that, that you've washed. And uh, Nanase is up there and glistening with the, the hottest amount of sweat a woman could have on her. And Rohan is stricken <laughs> by this, especially her neck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he is, is like using her as a figure, uh, as like a figure drawing study to, to try to get that, that graceful curvature of, of a neck and arched back and begins just furiously drawing. And she's like, hey, hey, what's that? <laughs> you, you a manga artist? Huh? What? You, can, I, can I see? And he doesn't want her to see. He really doesn't want her to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like you, you can see when she's like grabbing his sketch pad and some of the pages are flipping around that he he's already been drawing Heaven's Door. As a weird little scamp, like the, the Heaven's yeah. Door design in his head is evolving at this age, which I think is fun. Yeah. 
So yeah, Rohan is is like embarrassed and, and kind of flummoxed that she's peeking at his drawings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he doesn't even want to admit that he's drawing like stuff for manga, maybe. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's it's fun to see a younger Rohan because he's not quite of a, as much of a dick yet, and he actually gets flustered by other people. Young Rohan is a completely different character, but yeah. then once we get back to the present and see 27-year-old Rohan, he's immediately recognizable. <laughs> yeah. There, there's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he admits that, like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to be a, a mangaka, and I'm trying to practice drawing hot babes because my teacher says that I, I don't draw anybody sexy. Yeah, it's that milk... That, that milkman milk man used to be an editor. <laughs> it's Rohan has a problem of just not being interested in drawing hot babes at all. <laughs> he just wants to draw weird shit. Quote, the dude's a real pig. According to him, a manga has to be full of subquote babes with big tits for it to sell. It's the milkman. It's got to be. It's the he he burned out after doing you know a, a weekly book for years and years yeah. while also teaching students. <laughs> and now and now he's living the good life as a milkman. Mm-hmm. And he torments Rohan every day for not taking his <laughs> advice. So so eventually Rohan like bows to social pressure and is like, okay, you can see my pages later. And uh, some period of time later, it's later. So so Nanase's like, hey, hey, I want to see them pages. You promised. Let's go. Yeah, and, and I love how Rohan has this like pause at uh, the door to her room, like he's clearly never been in a girl's room before. <laughs> yes. And the way he peeks in, like, huh, that's a clothes hanger. Huh, that's a lamp. I guess girls have lamps. Yeah. It's like a full page of him just pausing, looking at this girl's room. And it, it she has to urge him even more, just like, it's okay. I'm not going to bite. Just sit down. <laughs> and then he finally comes in. Like a little, like like a, a, a skittish cat or something. <laughs> and she's asking him, like, what like what are you afraid? Because even after she, invi- she invites him, Rohan actually goes, you know what? I'm just going to leave. Okay, bye. <laughs> See you tomorrow instead. And she grabs him by the wrist and goes, like, what are you? Why are you so scared? I'm not even going to criticize your work. I don't know. I don't have the eye. I just want to look at your cool drawings. <laughs> I like the energy you put into him, dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, they they talk a little bit, and she immediately asks, "Hey, have you heard about the evil opposite to the Mona Lisa?" <laughs> yeah. Did you know that there is a most evil painting ever? It's also at the Louvre. Yeah, I like the the word bubble where she she's bringing up like, "Hey, have you heard about the 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 darkest painting in the world?" And there's another bubble where she's like, "Oh, it's the most harmful, most terrible." Dot, dot, dot. And then the rest of the word bubble is just full of black scritches and scribbles. Yes, yes. <laughs> I do enjoy the little pictograms that occasionally appear in word bubbles. Like yeah. on this these same pages, anytime someone talks about the Mona Lisa, there is a little Mona Lisa in the word bubble. Yep. I think this is the f- maybe the first time it appears, but it, uh, the same sort of thing happens at a few points throughout the story. Yes, yep. But also when she talks about the opposite of the Mona Lisa, instead the pictogram is... The silhouette of the Mona Lisa flipped horizontally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Nega Lisa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she she's bringing this up, saying like that painting does exist. It's it's at the Louvre. I saw that painting when I was a kid. A uh, landowner in my hometown found it in the back of his barn, and then like it just immediately got snatched up and taken to the Louvre. Yeah, she she tells a little bit about it, its provenance. Uh, it was painted by a, a man named Nizeman Yamamura, who uh, 300 years ago found the darkest black pigment ever discovered by uh, uh, finding it within the trunk of a thousand-year-old tree, yes. which was illegal to chop down, so he was executed for art crime. <laughs> yeah. And just another note about, like, the coloring of this oh, book. Yes. Like, I, I love the way it comes and goes, and also detail comes and goes with Rohan's particular focus. Mm-hmm. 
Like anytime he he's lost in thought or his mind is wandering, he's desaturated, almost completely colorless. Yeah. And uh, when he's really focused on his conversation with uh, uh, Nanase here, the backgrounds disappear. Mm-hmm. But when she's telling the story of this painting, because like he's at such rapt attention to her talking, everything is in lavish, like the most saturated color we've seen so far in the book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that large panel when she first starts talking about in his Imon because it's just an extremely detailed environment <laughs> with, <laughs> with this guy walking it across it. Uh, and it just it looks so good. But yeah, this this artist was killed for chopping down this tree. And uh, immediately upon his death, people began to spoke about uh, a curse cast by him. And so they burned all of his art. Yes. They were they were scared of his paintings, but a single one survived. And when Nanase saw it, she felt, quote, it had been created especially to accomplish one thing in particular. <laughs> and Rowan's like, oh, is it evil? You mean, you mean evil? And then he's immediately like, I want to see pictures of this. Can I see this painting? <laughs> I want to see this evil painting. Teen Rohan is not the Rohan we know, but he he's in there. Like, he, yeah. he will become that Rohan very clearly. <laughs> yeah. And the instant he asks that, she's just like, mm, you should go to sleep. Thanks for talking. <laughs> go go to sleep. Go. Go to sleep. Bye. <laughs> so, so their goodbyes get interrupted by her getting a phone call that seems really bad. Someone is asking her to do something she absolutely does not want to do. Yep. And as Rohan cracks open the door again to ask if you're okay, like, hey, hey, things okay? She screams at him for being a snoop and throws him out. And she runs away uh, weeping into the night. Yep. And yeah, as she is running away weeping, she's also still uh, on the phone talking to, you know, whoever is is on the other side. Sounds like she's trying to meet up with whoever's on the phone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then a week passes. Yeah. Rohan's just like studying... Do, doing his drawings, uh, killing time, but always thinking about that that weird, weird night until, ta-da, she's back! Yeah, she, she Rohan goes up to her, her room and knocks on the door, just asking if she's there, and the instant the door is, is opened, she leaps, like, she, like, burrows her face into his chest, like, crying. She tackles him, yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah, falling down onto the floor with her on top of him. And this is the only time I think Rohan has held a woman in this type of embrace. Just gotta say. Or any, I guess. Or any, yeah. (laughs) Anyone. And the the strangest thing we've ever seen Rohan do, Mm -hmm. like, he he just starts to to barely crack open her pages with Heaven's Door and is like, oh, I shouldn't do this. This is an invasion of privacy. That, no, no, that this is not how I'm, if I ever find out why she's crying, it ain't gonna be like this and, and decides against it. Yep. That is shocking to see out of <laughs> Kishibe Rohan. Yeah. Also, the other thought I had is, didn't he get his stand from getting shot with the arrow in part four? Should he, shouldn't he not yeah, have? He, he's absolutely one of, like, not only does the timeline not line up, like, this is definitely in 2010-ish, yeah. but uh, uh, the dates don't work for him being 20 in 1999. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but also, yeah, he, he seems to have have Heaven's Door uh, uh, inborn, or at least gained one way or another by age 17 instead of age 20 after he bought a house and got shot. Yeah. But you know what? For this story, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, in Diamond is Unbreakable, Heaven's Door is a sign of proliferation and the, the havoc that the arrow can bring. Here, it is an element of Rohan and his abilities yeah. and his past. Yeah. So yeah, he he closes up the the book on her and doesn't read it. But she's got something to read. She sees some of the the new pages, including a character clearly based on her. And she's like, what what the fuck? She doesn't take it well. Yeah. She takes it so poorly, she uh, uh, brings out a pair of scissors and starts stabbing the pages, slashing them apart. (laughs) Yes. And uh, this this panel on top of the one page where uh, uh, her scissors are splitting apart. Uh, uh, a page with like the character based on her on one side and pink dark boy on the other yep Ooh, ooh, it's good it's yep. good and yeah she she is very upset over this begins crying again and apologizes for what she's done and then she runs out of the room and this time she disappears for good and our flashback story ends with one of the 
just weirdly profound things in the small moments. Yes. Yep. Just the line, I was so absorbed by my work that 10 years went by without me realizing it. And like, ah, God damn it. Fuck you. Yep. I, I, <laughs> I, I feel that panel as well. Yep. I keep thinking uh, back to 2013 as being a recent time. And then I realize it's almost a decade behind me now. And I, yeah. it's extremely upsetting. Yeah. It's all, folks, it's almost been a decade since Metal Gear Rising Revengeance and The Wonderful 101 came out, and I remember doing Let's Plays and, and talking about those games with you like it was fucking yesterday, and I hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate it! Yeah, but unlike Rohan, I think my professional life is the thing that uh, I've spent the least amount of time thinking about over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that brings us to the nebulously defined present, and wouldn't you know it, Rohan is at his favorite table at cafe, uh, at the cafe with his high school friends. Yep. This this is an honorary thus spake short. Absolutely, it, it totally is. As with every single like this, this has to be a on purpose like deliberate joke now mm-hmm. with these side stories with Rohan because Josuke is at the table again. He says nothing, and you only see the back of his head. There's one time where you might see him in profile, but he's totally covered up by yes. a word balloon instead. Yes. So Okiyasu uh, <laughs> uh, says that Rohan reminds him of the Mona Lisa. No one understands why. And so Rohan's like, wait a minute, the Mona Lisa. Ten years ago, I heard about an evil counterpart. He thinks this to himself, doesn't say a word. He just stands up and walks away. Yeah. By the way, there, <laughs> there's a great panel here of Okiyasu asking Rohan, like, can you please just, like, cross your arms in front of you like this so I can take a picture? And Ro- and Okuyasu basically turns into the Mona Lisa. Like, he gets a really weird face for that one panel and everything. It's really funny. But yeah, Rohan just fucks off, and he, he goes home, and he's like, hmm, I should go to the Louvre. Might as well. We. Yeah, he, he abandons his teacup and gets right on the fucking plane, and, and then he's in Paris. Yep. In a hot new outfit, the blues of his everything like for a bit now is this really nice mix of like pinks and blues and the blue Mm -hmm. of Rohan's outfit is the same color as the sky and so now he's at the Louvre and he does a sexy pose in front of it (laughs) yeah yeah he's lifting up uh uh his unbuttoned shirt showing off his navel uh in the middle (laughs) of of the the like courtyard of the Louvre just outside the big glass pyramid (laughs) yep so as he's taking the escalator down to, to like, get in the building, he meets some fans, mm-hmm. some fans of his, and he tells them all to fuck off because they're dressed like trash. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he, he asks them, if you really love manga, you have to respect, respect the Louvre, okay? When, when you're here to admire masterpieces, you come be- dressed better than this. Put on a fucking tie. <laughs> And then, with just a flick of a brush, does perfect uh, uh, sketches and and drip art signatures from four feet away. Yep. They're still all very shocked and, uh, wow, I am choking on something? Hold on a second. Oh, I'm checking. I'm choking on the evil painting. (laughs) It's so evil. Um, Yeah, they're, they're all shocked. They got the same type of autographs that he had done just a few episodes ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. Man, I am really choking here. What's happening? Excuse me. Anyways. <laughs> Rohan's in the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the Louvre. Here he comes. He's he's in it. He's there. Uh, but yeah, th- this moment is what I was really talking about, about how like teen and adult Rohan are very, very different characters. Like... And once we're back in the present, it immediately strikes you, right? Because, like... Yeah. When he's 17, he's nervous. He's not confident about showing off his work. Again, he cares about privacy. He slouches. Yeah. But now him just, like, turning on his heels, uh, leaving his friends behind, just, like, naming this uh, uh, Japanese painter, and they have no idea what the fuck he's talking (laughs) about, and then just telling fans to fuck off, but doing the most incredible feat of art they've ever seen. (laughs) That's... He's back! That's Rohan, That's baby. Boy. Yep. So yeah, he he's shown up. He he's visiting receptionist at the Louvre, and this <clears throat> woman here is uh, Miss Noguchi. She's a, a French Japanese interpreter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who will be accompanying him. 
yeah, Rohan's like made a a direct request to the Louvre, like looking for info on this painting. And so he has like a professional contact here and she takes him back to her office to like check the the, uh, official records. And she finds that this painting that, that she's never heard of from this artist she's never heard of is held in storage area 213, which she has heard of. And she has to make some very important phone calls. <laughs> yeah. And like when she tries to like expand the file on that artist, it just refuses to open. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's all very strange. So she makes some calls, but Rohan's like in a waiting room. Her outfit is fun. Yeah. So at first, I thought she was wearing these, like, yellow-green leggings with, like, orangey, like, big circles all over it. But it's the same color as her skin tone, so I think those are just holes cut out in her pants. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. It could go either way. You you, you may be right, but I also like her her bun that becomes a ponytail right at the very top of her head. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cute. With a with a tiny bow in front of it. Yeah. So Rohan has been cleared to go into the storage area. With conditions. Yeah. He's only got five minutes to look at the painting. A curator from the Department of Asian Arts is going to accompany him and this woman, as well as two firemen. And he's not allowed to have anything in his pockets. <laughs> yeah. No cameras, no phones, no lighters, nothing, no pens. Uh, and Rohan's annoyed by this. He feels like he's... <laughs> Uh, this is a ridiculous amount of precautions. So so we've learned two things here as well. One, that this painting was acquired over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And two, room 213 was, was closed off, emptied out, and abandoned 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So True. somebody intentionally hid this painting in the spooky hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so every, like all the, the other people who are going to be accompanying Rohan... Uh, have shown up and they're all just like this is really sketchy we don't know what the fuck is going on here so (laughs) we're so nervous we're sending two giant burly firefighters at least one of whom is like a veteran of a foreign war (laughs) yes yep they are identical i cannot tell these two firemen apart they're they're very similar yeah so yeah the the storage area that the painting is in is like part of the the original building uh, all the way back to the 13th century. This this area is so old that all the works were moved out of it because people people were afraid of flooding. And, mm-hmm. and it was... Because it's underneath the Seine. Like, yeah. it's beneath the river where they're going. Yep. So this party of five walk on through the galleries, uh, take a pair of golf carts uh, uh, yes. through the halls, go, go down some service elevators. There's a stone spiral staircase. They're descending into hell. Yeah, I it's it's like six pages of travel to to really show and there's not a whole lot of talking during this part. It's just more and more travel into the, the deepest depths of the Louvre. And it honestly builds a decent amount of tension, I feel, especially once you get down to the spiral staircase and everything is just this featureless brick and concrete. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And the spiral staircase looks like it's spiraling a little bit too hard. Like it's maybe not actually <laughs> physically possible for a staircase to spiral this way. So so down at the bottom, they come to a door that is rusted shut. And beyond that door is storage area 213. Yeah. And the, these big burly men just like shove at it, put their shoulders into it, and they open it just a crack. And you can just barely see there is a painting hanging on a rack mm-hmm. uh, that is deep deep black you can barely make out anything about it but it is in there yep and they're trying to figure out if they need like authorization to to break the lock and all this stuff and as the these guys are are peering into this little crack in the door uh they see something possibly a a human just like a, a dark shadowy silhouette dash across the shadows of the room inside and there's a really good panel where all of these guys just like leap back in shock <laughs> like a full foot it's really good <laughs> and then one of the firefighters thinks oh you know it, it could be a rat and there's a rat in his speech bubble it's really cute <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a really cute little rat uh so all these guys are a little freaked out but they're they're determined to just smash through the lock in the store and and so they mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they, they bust the door open, come in with flashlights blazing, yeah. and take a look around. It, it's uh, totally abandoned in here. There, there's no one around. But now we get to see this painting. Mm-hmm. It is all of that deepest, darkest black and uh, uh, a woman reclining, also painted. And all, all you are seeing is basic lines yep. that are, I guess, are of a slightly less <laughs> black black. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's all very spinal tap, yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the two firemen goes to pick up this painting, and there's a panel here where he gets very close to the painting, and you just see him kind of take a step back like he, he's been... Something has hit him, uh, and mm-hmm. then blood spatter goes all over the place, gets on Rohan a tiny bit. There's a bit of ink, like black ink spatter, along with that blood as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and... The Asian arts curator just asks, like, hey, did you hear that sound? You can move the painting so that we can see it. And then the fireman falls down into this man's arms, and his head has been split clean open, and his brains are spilling out. There's going to be a lot of gore in this story from here on out. It uh, This is where it starts, and it goes until the end. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's this is not the censored level of gore you see in the anime. This is <laughs> extremely gory. So his body, by some mystical force, is flung straight vertical, smashing his already smashed skull against the ceiling. Yep. And he's eventually somehow pulled through the ceiling, dripping more blood and more brains and more black ink. Yes, and everyone is just freaking... Like, people aren't doing anything because they're just not <laughs> processing what the fuck just happened to that dude. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as they're all looking at this... <laughs> The ceiling where this man got flung up to and then crushed and, and pushed through. Another like dark shadowy silhouette dashes across the wall behind them. And in the room, there are four shadowy silhouettes that then everyone's uh, uh, attention is finally grabbed when they become four figures, four people. Mm-hmm. And now our and now our curator is uh, uh, convinced that there are some devious burglars and we must call the police. Yes. And then when uh, excellent page turn here, you flip the page and you get a full page illustration of this this curator here um, uh, seemingly appeared to have just been run over by a car that went straight up vertical. There's just tire <laughs> treads on the ground that then go up him and those parts that have been driven over are crushed. Yeah, yeah, like, it's <laughs> it's absurd and it's horrifying the, yeah. the way he is crushed because, like, everywhere the tire tread passes, he's completely flattened, like, practically paper thin. Yep. And where the tire tread isn't, he's fine. And so the edges, especially uh, on his face and chest, are just yes. torn away and and distorted and it's fucking gross yeah it's it's a very spooky page turn and as this this man who has just seemingly been run over by a ghost car uh like he he's he's pushed up against the wall and he's sliding down it uh he gets one final couple of words out and he just says oh it's you you were the car accident and then he gets flung up to the ceiling just like the other guy and like explodes so Rohan's trying to figure out what the hell is going on while the two surviving companions are just freaking out, also screaming about burglars. They don't know what's what, but he's like, I've seen a lot of ghosts in my day. I got to get to the bottom of this. Yep. As these four figures are now slowly approaching them, the woman, the, the translator, she turns around and runs for the stairs. And before she can get up them, a whole bunch of people begin descending the spiral staircase, including... Rohan's grandma. And ahead of her is a young boy that Mm. she seems to recognize. Yeah. And now Rohan is pinned in between people, the strange people coming from both sides. And he's basically just looking back and forth like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh. This all seems very bad. A remaining firefighter also recognizes a face of of one of the uh, uh, figures that was inside 213 Mm. from the war. (sighs) Ah. Which war? war? I don't know. The war. (laughs) As you turn the page, uh, this firefighter gets riddled with bullet holes and then again gets slammed up against the ceiling. Once 
Once the action starts really going, uh, there's a lot of printed onomatopoeia around, and I love the very fun translations inside the, the panel gutters and the long <laughs> yeah. page edges. Yep. I love to read Blorf. <laughs> yeah. I love a good Blorf. I forgot there was a good, there is a Blorf in here, but yeah, I think what's happening here constitutes a Blorf. And there's some zom zom zom. That's that's the sound of uh, these uh, spooky uh, uh, phantoms approaching. Yep. And our our classic like menacing characters are translated as roo. <laughs> Not yeah. sure how to what what vowel that is exact. Ro maybe. Yeah. And so yeah, we're down to just Rohan and the and the, the translator now. And Rohan is not sure what to do. He is sweating. He's very worried. But he spots his grandma in this group of people coming down the uh while his translator is reaching out for this child. And as we've seen, touching these these uh phantoms is bad. That's when things go yep. really bad for you. And Rohan is like screaming, Hey, don't touch that kid. And then, and then he notices his grandfather is also there, and he's just like, "Okay, there's absolutely something weird going on." Because, like, he he doubts seeing his grandma there for a second. He's just like, "She died a year ago. I know she died." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, grandpa died twelve years ago, and he's here. This is fucked. This is weird." Uh, so he uses Heaven's door on one of these these specters, and when their uh, face opens up, it's just the word "death" repeated over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rohan is backing up further into the the storage room and yeah he he spies in greater detail the painting and we get like a a full page view of it and before he can get even better look at it uh the woman is is crying because that that little boy uh in the front of the group here is uh her child who who drowned she Mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. left him alone for just a moment to get stuff out of the car and he drowned uh and when she touches the boy she drowns, and by drowns, I mean she inflates into a blimp-sized human water balloon. And then she pops. And then she pops. She was so full of water that the room immediately floods. Yeah, and, like, just before she completely, like, just dies and pops, uh, she she does say, I'm so happy to have seen you again, my angel, as water pours out of her eyes and her nostrils. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh. Rohan is still backed into this corner uh, with the painting behind him and all of these, uh, uh, whatever they are, in front of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And suddenly the arms from the painting that are just like stretched out and and bent in sort of like a strange reclining, beckoning pose Mm -hmm. uh, aren't full black and they aren't in the painting anymore. They are extending outward from it. Yep. And then the face follows, and then it's Nanase. She's <gasps> she's in the painting. She is the painting. She is she the and painting. the painting have a relationship. Yep. And there's a part where Nanase is, you know, she's fully out of the painting, just standing in front of Ro- Rohan, and Rohan just says, Oh hell. <laughs> uh and and he he is fearful for his life at this point. He's getting cornered by all these these specters who have their arms outstretched like they're zombies that really want his mm-hmm, brains. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to convince himself this is all his imagination and it's not real as his grandmother grabs his arm and it begins to like shred and disintegrate and his face mm-hmm, starts mm-hmm. to fall apart. Well, before that, I, uh, a hand, I think it's Nanase's hand, just lightly touches Rohan on the palm. Yes, yes. I'm not sure what is happening i've read this three times i'm not uh-huh. sure what all is happening in here but that moment is important for my theory on what is happening here. okay yeah <laughs> so yeah rohan is now being touched all over and wherever he is his body is just disintegrating and falling apart nanase once again asks for forgiveness saying that you know she had no other choice his hatred had to emerge mm-hmm and as Rohan is overwhelmed, he he has a moment of insight. It's just a flash of thought yep. that, oh, oh, everybody here, all of these figures are like ancestors and kin of the people who came down. Yep. And they're visiting their their pain and their hatred and, and like the regrets of their deaths on uh, the living. 
So I have to break the ties that bind me to family. Mm-hmm. I have to erase all of my memories. Yes, he he uses Heaven's Door and just writes erase all my memory on his face. By the way, I really like the way him using Heaven's Door in in this story is a little different, like in how it's executed. Because before it's mm-hmm. just like Heaven's Door in Part Four would just do like a big punch rush and then pages would open or heaven's door wouldn't even appear here heaven's door has its index and and middle finger extended with the rest of his fingers closed and essentially does like a cutting motion at stuff like you see a like a razor sharp swipe go across stuff and wherever that touches that's where a page like gets sliced open on something and it's really cool it's very good it's very good but i mean in order to write rohan needs a pen right no, 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 no. He's reached out and scraped a bit of this ultra black pigment off of the painting onto his finger. Yes. And with finger smudges, he writes, erase all my memory around his eyeball. Yeah. Like, and and so as his memories become erased, he is ba- he becomes bathed in just a bright white light and everything, like all the, the specters around him like get bathed in this and almost appear to be repelled by it. Uh, it's a really great full page panel of Rohan, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. posing all sexy and vulnerable on the ground <laughs> as these specters are repelled by this brilliant light and they're gone. And Rohan is just a gasping, helpless man who doesn't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> My favorite thing from this next uh, uh, sequence is that, okay, when Rohan wrote Erase All My Memory on his face, mm-hmm. it was around and between the margins of a lot of writing, you know, his own book. But yeah. now it's blank. The only thing in there is Erase All My Memory because yep. it all got erased. <laughs> yeah. Rohan is just crawling, pulling himself up these stairs as uh, many panels reveal that there are tons of spider webs everywhere with these peculiar Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. little black spiders all over them. And as these spiders and spider webs appear, the the painting is much less black. Only about a third of it is painted now, whereas uh, before it was something like 80% uh, covered in this pigment. As Rohan is crawling up the stairs, you eventually see something like a some of his skin on the top of one of his hands has, has been pulled back and written on there is rub these words on your face. And Rohan just sees that is very confused and he rubs those words on his face, therefore erasing the words erase all my memory and he restores his memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Wild. Uh, uh, so defeated, all these spiders, uh, uh, rush, rush back, crawling along their webs and crawl back into the painting, reassembling the painting from which they came. And we start to get again, Rohan's big summary of what happened and what it all means. (laughs) Yes. So the pigment that Zymon extracted from that thousand year old tree Mm -hmm. is... Ancient spiders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cosmic horror spiders from the dawn of time were trapped in that ancient trunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is the pigment that he, he painted with. Yep. And so when he was executed, uh, the hatred born of that execution then fed into these horror spiders and and charged them with like... killing people doing evil things (laughs) it it, it was a hatred contained within the the, these spiders that yearn to be let out and and (laughs) do hatred onto others i don't know but so when so whenever the painting felt like the the heat and the breath of the living nearby Mm -hmm. uh they would it had come out and uh visit upon people ancestral memories and like the pain of their deaths and their regrets yeah uh and this would yeah essentially make you hallucinate seeing all this crazy shit and also make you die for real speaking of uh deaths and regrets he left behind a young widow a young widow named nanase mm-hmm. nanase kishibe mm. who is somebody's great great aunt i guess some yeah. number of generations yeah because it doesn't say, like, she had a kid. It said after her husband was executed, she got sick and died real quick. Mm-hmm. 
yes, not not to say uh, a distant ancestor of Rohan here. And Rohan begins to wonder, you know, why did uh, wh- what was Nanase trying to do this entire time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he believes that Nanase's intention was to to forever seal away the the like curse that her husband had put on this painting, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why she like started cutting up those those drawings Rohan had made that included her. I I like the idea that she was worried that if she was locked in Rohan's art, she wouldn't be uh, like her spirit wouldn't be there when Rohan needed her yep. to to help with the painting. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, that's why that's why she became so visibly angry about her being drawn in things. And yeah, it's it's Rohan essentially. Uh, we we get a very brief ec- epilogue here where Rohan basically says that hey, so. No one knows the truth about what the fuck happened here. This painting (laughs) did eventually get investigated by a whole lot of scientists. And then after examination, it was burned. At least that's what they say. He's not so sure. Yeah. Also, the four people that died are still officially listed missing. Yep. Now with the painting burned, Rohan's just like, damn, guess I'll never know. And he just he just walks off. And that's Mm -hmm, the end. mm -hmm. Not many series have someone peeping on their ancestor bathing twice. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if Rohan fist pumped and said, nice. Oh, no. That's only Joseph can do that. That's a Joseph <laughs> thing. <laughs> Okias is like, hey, hey, Rohan, I want to date your, your ghost ancestor. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Everyone keeps getting girlfriends but me. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my, my, my big baseball faced boy. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's Rohan at the Louvre. I like this one. This is great. I mean, comparing it visually to, uh, uh, okay, I have got to admit, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen any panels from, you know, Araki's 2009 work. But yeah. I'm willing to bet that these are distinct, uh, uh, and you, you could tell one from the other just because yep. of the format, right? Like. Yeah. A manga drawn for like magazine publication and tankabons is going to be uh, uh, just from its foundations different from pages drawn for large scale display on a, yep. on, on a gallery wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, this is this is only my second time reading it, but it's a book I constantly remember I have in my shelf, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> that's a really cool one. <laughs> but like looking at comic art over the years mm. uh when, when people draw that history and the way things change so much attention is given to towards shifting tastes and like really popular artists that either influence you know a uh, consumer uh, uh, taste or the artists that come after them and i yeah. think people forget about the realities of production like <laughs> mm-hmm like the the reason that so many uh, uh, comic books end their sentences in exclamation points is because it printed better than periods for v- a very very long time. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> things were drawn with you know heavy lines back when back when it was meant to be printed on newsprint that you know bled more than a, a Tarantino character. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then as as paper stock and, and printing techniques change, that's what brings the, the real revolutions in art. Not like mm-hmm. we were all just waiting for Brian Boland to be born. No, we, we were waiting for four-color printing to go out of style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can also look at the huge aesthetic shift in anime, because like, we're technically an anime show. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Between like painted cells and digital coloring, because yeah. back before you had literally every rgb value possible available at any given time there were color budgets mm-hmm. the 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 people writing the checks and the art director of a show would have to sit down and negotiate how many colors of ink and paint are going to be purchased for this production yeah it's... so you better plan your your uh tones and your palettes wisely yeah and even just the shift just from cell to digital too is also a huge thing like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's well, I understand why people really, really like the look of cell-based animation. Like, that shit was so fucking expensive. <laughs> cell-based animation is really expensive. Like, there's a reason why no one goes back and does that. Mm-hmm, and also mm-hmm. just 
production wise digital's a lot faster just using digital tools to uh, uh approximate the yep. look as best you can with going to digital stuff too it's just like while there is a look to that stuff like there's just a lot more you can do now with that and i feel i feel we're at a point now where there's a decent amount of anime there that is pretty different looking from the norm mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. thanks to digital stuff too so yeah i mean look look at early part four <laughs> look yes. at early diamond is unbreakable yep yeah you, you could not do what koichi's living room turns into in the <laughs> no. lock episode yeah imagine with, with ink and paint you can't yeah just imagine trying it's impossible or if you did it would have to be some really insane like transparency shit you're doing and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that takes forever i'm imagining something like a part four being animated ova style and if they try to do any of the like psychedelic like crazier effects that this part does i would love to know what type of processes they would even yes. try to do to approximate yes. that yes <laughs> <laughs> it it it'd be like how the early HBO title cards were made and stuff and like <laughs> all, all those like early like not digital but early special effects were done for title cards and stuff like in the 80s where it was just layers and yeah. layers of stuff and and yeah slit scan tunnels and like <laughs> yeah. point pointing a camera at a, a monitor showing the same feed but out of phase to make weird bubbles and <laughs> shit yeah, yeah. that's that 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 would be a cool look but also very work intensive I think one of the reasons why I have been so drawn to JoJo is not just because of of the main parts, but I just really like whenever Araki goes off to do weird spinoff things or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this thing, which I think is just, I enjoy the story itself and the art, but just going like, this was made for the fucking Louvre is just like a fun (laughs) thing. That's cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hey guys, I'm holding a piece of art and people explode in it. (laughs) Hell yeah. This is art. Storage area 213 is where they keep Jesus's genealogy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we mentioned it on on the podcast yet, but I, I linked you to it. But there are some other weird Rohan spinoffs. Uh, there is one made for Gucci, the fashion brand. I think there are uh, two made for Gucci. Yeah, there, there's actually two with the second story not being about Rohan, but rather, oh, okay. a, co- but rather a combination of part six and five characters. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the first... The first one is about Rohan investigating uh, his grandma's mysterious Gucci purse. I'm sure it's haunted and kills people, but... Okay, after reading this story, I do not buy that Rohan's grandmother owns a Gucci purse. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's Absolutely his... not. Maybe she got it as a present that she hates, but yeah, no. Yeah, maybe it's his other grandmother. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's that. But yeah, I, I really like these one-shots. If Araki ever got too old and tired to do weekly manga stuff i would be absolutely okay with him just doing one shots every once in a while because they're fun and he gives even less of a shit than when when he's doing a main part (laughs) just fucking whatever dude if if it weren't for rohan in these stories we wouldn't be talking about them right Mm -hmm. like we're we're not talking about bow we're not talking about gorgeous irene uh uh, rohan is what puts uh uh, these stories under our jurisdiction (laughs) yeah but Rohan is so much not really a part of these stories. Yeah, he he's just the vehicle to get the story to you. What if Rod Serling was like in the action a little more <laughs> yes. often? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, this one, yeah, some of this stuff reminds me a little bit of the Twilight Zone, especially this one. God, imagine a, a Twilight Zone style show, but it's just hosted by Rohan. And he's just being a dick the whole time. <laughs> i'm i'm gonna miss him i mm-hmm. i'm gonna miss him in the way that like uh, uh when your favorite wrestling heel leaves the promotion you know yeah i'm gonna miss being angry at that guy it's it's such a fine line the character of rohan rides and there has never been like a single time where he's gone over that line yet somehow <laughs> uh i love it and like seeing that he he used to be nicer, there was a yeah. a, a capacity for him to grow up and be a cool, likable guy, and resisting the temptation to say that some great tragedy affected <laughs> him and he has some dark trauma. Like, I mean, maybe the reason that he is so quick to read everybody on first glance is because the the time he didn't, he's left with unanswered questions that still burn after ten years. But that's not yeah. quite the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I ever need, like, an origin story on why Rohan is the way he is, but it's really fun to think about. 
Um, <laughs> in the story, when he was in the the flashback parts where he's seventeen, he shows a level of respect for a person I did not think he was capable of. <laughs> like straight up going, like, no, this is an invasion of privacy. I should not do this to this woman, and and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that is not something he would do these this <laughs> these days. And being self conscious about his work. Yeah. Is is also so strange. Like, yeah, I'm gonna leave uh, uh finished pages in an envelope as a trap because they're irresistible to everyone. I am the great Rohan. Mm-hmm. Like that that guy is not who he was at seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Maybe it's just the corrupting power of becoming the world's best mangaka. <laughs> it's just he knows he's hot shit and now he doesn't have to care about society. He's certainly the world's best signature artist. I don't think anyone could deny that. <laughs> yeah, it's he should go on a talent show and do that. But yeah, that is the the last little spin-off thing we're we're going to be doing for a bit here cuz I think now we're just going to be moving on into part 5, yeah. 2 weeks from today. That's right. We're taking another quick uh, uh skip one week break in order to uh I've got plans. I got <laughs> Yep. Basically, let me level with you. I never want to have to take a break in the middle of a part. That That is yep. a, a, the, the reason we're taking short breaks in between things. Uh, is because I never want that to happen when we are in the middle of part five, Golden Wind. Yeah. Coming soon. <laughs> I'm very interested to watch this part again. It's the I've only seen it once. I'm going to be very curious what it's going to be like when it's not one episode at a time week by week and with an English dub because I was watching it, you know, live and mm-hmm. it was on Crunchyroll and I feel like their subtitles at times weren't the greatest at <laughs> like communicating what was happening or what people were aiming to do and stuff. So I think with an English dub, I may come to like this part a bit more, but it's a very interesting part for sure. And we are going to be back in two weeks time. That is uh, April 25th. Mark your calendars. Oh, man. Right uh, my talking birthday. about, do you want to just do the first two? Do you want to learn our lesson from last time? Yes, let's just do the first two for sure. Yeah. <laughs> There'll yeah. be a lot to go over again. So, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be episode one, Gold Experience, and episode two, Bucciarati is coming. <laughs> yep, he sure is. <laughs> it's a good thing there's no French in this book, despite them being in France, because my, oh, it'd be terrible. But. Yep. I sound sexy as hell when I speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's gonna be there's gonna be quite a lot of Italian coming up. Uh but yeah, un- until then, uh let your friends know about this show. You know, maybe they're uh they've heard about JoJo and they're just too intimidated by it. It's a long big thing, but you know, the parts mm-hmm. make it more a lot more digestible than a lot of other stuff, I think. That's true, uh, that's true. And we are here to to hold your hand to say, yes, that really happened. Uh, (laughs) And to also offer uh, our own perspectives on why and what we think about that. Yeah. What does it mean when that squirrel chews through a Nazi's chest? It means I need to stand up and take a walk around the block. (laughs) Uh, But today, April the 11th, this is not the only podcast you're going to hear us on. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can check us out on a bonus ode for the Just King Things podcast from the Range Touch Network, uh, uh, where they read through the books of Stephen King in publication order, and their monthly bonus episodes are uh, uh, the the various filmed adaptations of mm-hmm. <laughs> of the such same novels. Uh, so we are talking with them about the film Thinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to watch Thinner for a second time. <laughs> that movie's wild. So just just by coincidence, this and that episode are going up at the same time. You can find mm-hmm. that uh, as a, a Patreon exclusive for Range Touch Patreon members. I am one because I really like the Just King Things bonus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like this show, you're, you're probably going to like that one. Especially oh, yeah. their bonus ode on The Mangler, which is, oh, oh I boy. Love, I love, that's a weird movie. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen The Mangler, but what isn't there a haunted fridge? There's a haunted fridge There's in The Mangler. There's a haunted mangler. fridge, yeah, yeah. Just kind of sitting outside, and I think a child gets eaten by it or something. <laughs> something like that. Go watch The Mangler if you can find it. <laughs> Don't watch Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 
it's an experience. I'm a big fan of bit like the, the just the ending of that movie just explaining everything in text on screen that's just the trucks were angry because of a russian satellite and it got shut down or shot down <laughs> was it russian satellite or was it just an alien satellite i forget but the trucks got angry because of that <laughs> it's not clear if it's russians or aliens okay that's that's oh boy uh but yeah un- until next time when we we start uh part five see you later to be continued.